Hi, you're listening to Create English on Ribollet Radio with Gabor Legradi. This is our February edition in 2024. This program is broadcast on the radio. You can find the notes on the radio's uh, podcast page and also on createenglish.com slash podcast. Today we are going to talk about a couple of things here. First, we're going to speak about how to free yourself from fear of mistakes. You know, when we make mistakes, we kind of feel weird. So how to free yourself from that. Second, fixing pronunciation. Third, how to make friends with grammar. That is, how to look at grammar in a different way. You know, and maybe feel less frustrated when it comes to learning grammar. So let's get down to it and let's get down to today's episode. Yeah, so we all know how it feels. We've all been there, you know, mistakes. How do mistakes feel? Or rather, how does it feel when we make mistakes? And, you know, there are different emotions we associate with making mistakes in life, school, job, etc. And um, there's the difference, like in school, you're supposed to be allowed to make mistakes more than in your workplace. So by the time you get to having a job, actually, you're supposed to not to make mistakes, you know. Um, so there's different kinds of emotions like worry and embarrassment and anxiety and all that stuff, you know. And this is what I've seen through my teaching career at companies that people want to get it right the first time. Like, the you know, the first attempt, they want to say it right and they want to get it right. And and this is crazy. I mean, it doesn't work that way. Learning is not about getting it right the first time. You're not learning. I mean, if you, if you can do it correctly the first time, what do you want to learn? You already know it. Or you, know, you already know how to do it. So, um, again, this is because we have been conditioned this way through our schooling and employment years. So, depending on what job you have, your responsibilities at your workplace, you know, repeated mistakes can cost you, <laughs> you know, your, your position. So no one wants that, understandably. And by the time you become an adult, you just don't want to make mistakes. And this is related to confidence. So, you see, um, you cannot build confidence in English, learning English, if you are not uh, allowed to make mistakes, if you don't give yourself the permission to to, uh, to make mistakes. And this is not really at a conscious level. Like, obviously, you would say, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, I'm allowed to make mistakes. But reality is that you will want to avoid it. You will want to keep clear of mistakes. Stay away from mistakes as much as possible. And that will affect your confidence in learning and in learning a language and in learning English. Like a student I had, and I, I spoke about this earlier in a previous program, that uh, you know this student was really, really obsessed with getting things so perfect that uh, she didn't even want to, to go out and speak to people in English until she was ready for it. But of course, you, you're never ready, um, truly ready, um, because you will always find situations that you cannot prepare in the class or you can prepare for you know beforehand so at some point you need to go out and 
and just speak to people in English. So she overcame that. She was, um, you know, it took some time of training, but finally she was able to accept it. And, and yeah, she did very well, actually. But anyway, coming back to the point, without this sounding too cheesy uh, or too, you know, just a cliche, but you really should accept mistakes in learning English because every new mistake is going to open almost like a new window for you, you know, for more clarity. So once you overcome a mistake, hey, there's some new clarity for you there. And and you can move ahead. And every mistake corrected means you have acquired a new tool. And you keep going. Just, you can keep going. Right. Now, um, the the hard part is, of course, to to manage these emotional fixations, so these reflexes, because they are seated at a, you know, at a subconscious level. So you somehow need to train your mind to dissociate these negative emotions from learning. And one tip here for you is gratitude. So um, in order to, you know, defeat or replace, let's, let's say this way, replace fear and anxiety, these negative emotions, when you are making a mistake or when you think you have made a mistake in language learning and learning English, okay, is replace it with gratitude. You know, just just be grateful, like thank you. You know, thanks, I have made a mistake in English. And this is great because this has given me or is giving me an opportunity to learn something new. So, before correcting the mistake, take a moment and say thank you, you know, or feel it. Like, hey, this is great. Thanks for this mistake. I will grow. I will grow my knowledge in English with this. Now, of course, this is not the main thing, but it's an important thing. The main thing, of course, is to correct your mistake. But if you correct your mistake in a bad mood, like, uh, another mistake, and then you correct it, and you stay with that emotion, it's not going to help you much, in my opinion, um, in order to um, become free from these emotions. You know, I mean, of course, when you become professional uh, and a, pr- a proficiency level user of English or speaker, that will give you confidence. But on the way there... It's, you know, it's quite a long way. It can be quite a long way. So so why not enjoy the whole thing um, and and just be happy? You know, with uh, even laugh when you make a mistake. Why not? Yeah. Now, this depends from person to person. But my overall experience is not so much that people, uh, you know, are just uh, unhappy, but they really have this tendency to want to do things the right way and say things the right way. Um, whatever exercise you know, I give uh, I give them at, at companies, especially. So just remember, as a conclusion, um, we've been conditioned, you know, pretty much, to not to make mistakes. But in language learning, learning English, be more per- permissive with yourself, be more patient, and you know, just enjoy enjoy the process. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is one thing I wanted to um, talk about today and remind you of. 
and we are coming to the next point. And that is, uh, you know, working on your pronunciation in English. And if, you know, how important this is, is this really important at all, etc. So, the first thing is, yes, it is very important in English to work on your pronunciation for various reasons that I'm not going to detail today. Except, you know, one thing, which is the key. Um, your pronunciation affects your comprehension. So... Obviously, the better you pronounce things, the better you know the sounds. The better you know the sounds, the better you recognize the sounds. The better you recognize the sounds, the better you understand other speakers. Very simple, you know. Yet, quite a few people just try to skip this part. Like, you know, it's pronunciation, who cares? I like my accent. I'm not talking about accent. Accent is a color. I'm talking about incorrect pronunciation which is not taking you in the right direction when it comes to comprehension and improving your comprehension. So it's, it's an essential part of learning English because English is written in, in, you know, in, in a way which doesn't automatically reflect the way you should pronounce it many times. So, at least for learners. So, um, the, the thing that I have found is, is a funny, funny thing. It's, it's, again, it's about um, how people feel. Uh, about uh, something which is a, an intimate thing, and that's the voice. So our voice is an intimate thing, right? And a lot of people um, kind of feel like shy when it comes to pronunciation training because it's, you know, you're using your voice and you don't want to look ridiculous or sound ridiculous. And because after all, we're talking about uh, sound formation, learning different new sounds, how to say them, how to... How to um, pronounce them and how to formulate those sounds. And it may feel like you're performing, not singing, but you are performing. You are listening to Create English on Reboyet Radio with Gabor Legradi. This is my monthly English podcast here on the radio, where I'm giving tips for English language learners on how to become more fluent in English. You can find the notes to this program and previous episodes on the radio's podcast page. Or you can go to createenglish.com slash podcast, create English with one E in the middle, just like the name of this program, and find the notes of today's podcast and other previous Create English podcasts as well. Right, so as we were saying, uh, we were talking about how practicing pronunciation may feel like we're performing, and um, that might make you feel uncomfortable and make you feel not want to do it, right? So that's that's actually a, a very interesting thing that I have uh, seen over the years. And, um, you know, the good news is that it can be done in fun ways. And as I say, it's not about getting rid of your accent, really. That would be really hard and unnecessary for most people. I mean, why would you want to get rid of your accent if it's not so strong? It's just a little color. However, getting... Uh, you know, a clear pronunciation is needed for clarity. So, um, it's not about accent, it's about getting clarity. And a clear pronunciation is going to make your audience happier because they won't have to waste energy on trying to figure out what you are trying to say. It's great for energy conservation as well, you know. Because attention is energy. 
you know? So why waste energy? So let's look at a concrete example. I mean, uh, pronunciation training, you know, it just uh, covers a lot of areas. It's not about pronouncing words only. It's about how to pronounce words, how to connect words, how to create fluency in the phrases and then intonation. So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of aspects to it. But here's something we can uh, uh, take a look at today. Let's suppose you find it hard to remember the pronunciation of, of similar sounding words. Um, and whatever the topic is, it might be from business easily. You know, you might confuse certain words that you can't remember how to pronounce correctly. So let's take some common example from not business, but just, you know, everyday English. So here are four words. Let's suppose you confuse the pronunciation of these four words. Bear, bird, beer, beard. So when you see them written down, bear, bird, beer, beard, uh, and let's suppose you don't know how to pronounce these or you, you, you confuse them. You know, maybe after five, ten minutes, you forget them again. And so you mix them up. And this happens to a lot of Spanish speakers I've seen, you know, Spanish learners of English. Um, so here's, here's a tip how to fix it. Find a reference word that you can pronounce correctly and use that reference word to remember the new word. Here's what I mean. Um, you must find a word that has the target sound, the sound that you have difficulty saying in the problem word, in the new word, okay? So this is going to be your reference word. For instance, let's take the first word uh, from the list. Let's say bear, okay? The animal, bear. You know, the bear that lives in the forest, okay? Um, so suppose, I'm not sure if this is bear or Beer or beer or whatever the right pronunciation is, because it looks so similar to beer or bird or beard, you know. So I choose a word that I can pronounce correctly. For example, hair, hair, you know, hair. And and so I use that word and I learn bear with hair bear hair. If I can pronounce hair correctly, I will be able to pronounce bear as well, as long as I hear the diphthong. I hear the two sounds, air, 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 and I can reproduce it in the, well, in the word that I have, um, you know, uh, difficulties pronouncing. Um, so, so that's, that's the tip, basically. Um, and of course, there's a phonetic transcript that uh, could even help, could help even more, but most people don't like using it. And so, you know, if you don't like using the phonetic transcript, the phonetic alphabet, which is great because it, it in the phonetic alphabet, one um, symbol represents one sound only. So you get one symbol for one sound, and it doesn't change. That's the great thing about it. But in my experience, learners don't like that. They don't want to, you know, learn it. So, well, if you don't, then you can do something else, which is learning a reference word um, and keeping it in mind. And uh, as I said, for bear, you can learn hair. 
bear, hair. They sound the same in well, the diphthong. I mean, the 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 vowel sounds sound the same. So if you can say hair, you can say bear. And if you remember that your reference word for bear is hair, and the next time you're not sure, like oh, is it bear or beer or bird or what what is it? You quickly remember the reference word hair. Ah,、oh, it's bear because hair. Sounds like air, so bear sounds the same in terms of the vowel sounds. So basically, it's a copy-paste thing. I only change h to b, hair to bear. See how simple it is. So using a reference word is really practical to well to practice the correct pronunciation and then to orient you whenever you are in doubt. You're not sure. It can orient you. To find the right sound,、um, okay. I actually have a short video that explains this. So,、um, if you want to see it in the form of video, you will find it on the podcast page. Yeah, great.、Um, so remember, pronunciation is very important. Don't worry about、uh, accent unless your accent is very, very strong. Then you should work on it. But if You are able to speak with, you know, just some coloring, just some accent, which does not interfere with clarity. Then it's enough. I mean, you should work on clarity rather than reducing your accent to completely eliminating it. So,、uh, with this in mind, let's just cover another、uh, last topic for today. I think it's going to be the last one, right? Checking the time. Yeah, sure. We have like about twelve minutes. Ten minutes left, or so. Let's talk about grammar. Now, <laughs> grammar is something that people,、uh, well, some people like, or some people think they like. But then, when it comes to practicing grammar, they kind of, you know,、um, get bored or tired or find it too mechanical and stuff. So, so here's something that I'd like to address, and that is. Basically,、um, you know, people people complain a lot that you know、uh, the, the school years were just stuffed with grammar, English grammar, 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 lots of reading and writing、uh, and grammar and vocabulary, but not too much talking. And well, I mean, you can understand that in、um, in, a, in a school setup,、uh, depending on you know how many students there are and how skilled the teacher is, you know, it can be challenging to 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 organize and set up the classroom in order to. To practice speaking, it is possible, but it's it's challenging. Now,、um, so on on one hand, adults usually remember that and say, you know, we did too much grammar in in school, and 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 I'm just、um, I, I want to practice speaking rather. On the other hand, they keep asking for grammar clarification on and off, and、uh, and that's because they still make mistakes and they don't like it. And they want to use,、um, they want to speak using more correct grammar. And so, you know, how to find the right balance so you don't get frustrated with with grammar. And so, what if I tell you, hey, it's possible to make friends with English grammar? Yeah, exactly. So, look at grammar as something that helps you, will help you, and support you. To express your ideas with more precision and clarity—that's what grammar is for. Grammar is to help you. 
We don't need to learn every grammar point in order to communicate efficiently. Um, I mean, you know, you can get by with basic grammar in a lot of situations, but you will not sound correct and you will be limited in certain situations when you need more precision. And in some situations, precision can be critical, you know. Um, so the more you know, the more grammar you know, the more accurate and detailed you can get. And so um, this is this is an advantage. And so how to look at grammar and not get frustrated? <laughs> well, to so look at it as a friend, as something that is there to help you and support you. Now, how to do that? Let me give you an example. For instance, someone asks me, hey, um, you know, can you explain the uses of the present perfect, please? Because, you know, we studied that, but I'm not clear on how to use the present perfect. So I just say, yeah, great. Now, what do you know about the present perfect now? So I start with a question. I just return the question. And so, because I'm curious, I want to know, you know, what they're going to say. And so very often what people say is, well, the present perfect is have and the third form, you know, the past participle. And I go like, okay, great, great. Sounds like a textbook. Very nice. Uh, but this shows something very clearly. It shows that you or the learner who asks this question and then answers this <clears throat> is is really focused on the form rather than the function. So the first thing that they repeat is or say or remember is the, the, the form. What it looks like, not what it is for, you know? Not the function, but the form. Now form is about how we compose a grammatically correct phrase. But the function is why and when we use that grammar point and this is more important than the form or at least as important as the form so here's my tip for you when learning grammar um, look at it as, a, as, a, as I said look at it as a friend or a, or a travel mate you know a travel guide and shift your focus from form to function focus on function not form so much. So when when you're trying to remember some grammar point, instead of reaching out directly to the form that you learned in school, try answering two questions. What do I want to express and what tools exist in English to say it? So it takes training, you know? Your mind needs to be trained because it's trained in another way. But every time you're in doubt, you need to make a little effort. And it will slow you down. Well, of course. But when you're practicing, who cares how fast or slow you are? When you're practicing your English at home and you get to a grammar point you're not sure about, Think about the function um, and create a habit of this way of thinking. Instead of thinking about the form or letting the form surface 
and just jump, you know, um, to to the scene. <laughs> All right, just just keep it there. Okay, I know the form, but I I'm, I'm directing my focus on the function first. What's the function of this grammar point? So, <clears throat> so instead of just oh, I need to learn this, you could transform it into, oh, I'm happy to learn this grammar because it's going to help me. So this will help to transform grammar into a more practical and dynamic thing. And you will feel less worried about memorizing structures and all that stuff without really understanding why you need to learn that grammar for a given language situation. Yeah, so so basically that's it. Um, conclusion is be happy when you need to learn a new grammar point or clarify a new grammar point because it's a friend. It's going to help you to be more accurate and, and more detailed in your, you know, in expressing your ideas. But instead of the form, shift your focus to the function what it is good for, not what it looks like or how it's constructed, that grammar form or grammar structure. Right, so that was basically it for today. And in the remaining few minutes, <clears throat> I'd like to um, uh, remind you that you can, uh, you know, uh, you can find the notes of uh, the program on the radio's podcast page or at createenglish.com slash podcast. A few closing thoughts for today. I recently asked on a social media page three questions, you know, asked the readers, and uh, the question was why they thought they hadn't achieved their objectives in English yet. Or rather, why do you think you haven't, right? So it was the question was about why do you think? And so the three options were, well, I have no talent for languages. I uh, haven't been taught the right way, or I don't know why. And it was interesting to see that the, 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 the answers were kind of balanced, like about the same number of people thought uh, that they didn't have a talent for languages, learning languages, or they hadn't been taught the right way, um, or they just didn't know why. And the, all these three are interesting, you know, but I, let me just reflect on one, the, the first one. The, the no talent thing, you know. So this is um, this is an answer that I have heard from a lot of people, kind of jokingly. Some of them, others, kind of more, you know, serious <laughs> about it. And you know, it's just it's just interesting because um, no talent for languages, talent for languages. I know what you mean. I mean, yes, there are people who who are who have figured out how to learn languages in in you know or multiple languages. Um, in an easy way or, you know, uh, it, it works well for them and other people struggle more. But what I think is you have learned your mother language or maybe multiple first languages. So talent is there. Now, if you mean that you have difficulties as an adult learning a language, now that's, of course, a, a, re a reality for most people. But the reasons are not because you are not talented. You just need to be taught in a different way than when you were a child. Uh, when you were a child, many things were different. Number one, the amount of time you had for doing anything and for learning as well. The 
exposure you had to language as a child cannot compare to the exposure you have as an adult learner when you're learning the language as a foreign language. So um, instead of you know uh, worrying about talent, no talent, try and focus on finding the way that works for you as an adult to learn English. And I hope that this program helps and my tips help you to get orientation and 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 with well and practical you know hands-on um, tips and 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 actionable steps that you can implement in your learning so thanks for listening uh, hope to talk to you next time and uh, that was it for today create English with Gabor Legradi on Ripollet Radio don't forget to check the program notes and I'll speak to you later thank you bye now <laughs>